and that's the way we're going to do it. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it's uh, it's getting cold here in New York City, but it's supposed to. I'm looking at a bunch of. Uh, I'm sitting in my um, my little recording studio in my basement, and I'm looking at all the Christmas stuff that over the weekend I gotta get on a ladder and put on outside. <laughs> <laughs> that's cursing, real world. cursing every minute of it cursing every minute yeah i stand usually stand on the railing on our front porch to hang the christmas lights on the front oh the the, the uh ice the icicles right right yeah. yeah but i have some i have some animals i have like a deer and i have a penguin <laughs> what else do i have over there i got an angel my kid bored a, uh my kid went out with a boyfriend and got a little yorkie to light up nice. and i hate it you know why i hate it <laughs> Well, first of all, she's 20. Like, who are we doing it for, right? The neighborhood? Like, this is this neighborhood, they have people that hire professional companies that come and do their entire house, right? So it, it's not for my kid. She's going to be 21. She doesn't care anymore. You know, so basically, it's just, and it's so short. Is it? <laughs> it's like temporary. No, I mean, the, the oh. time? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it's December 3rd, right? So, right. okay, so let's say put it up this weekend. So it's uh, like the 5th, the 6th, whatever. Okay, so like somewhere around the second week of January, they're going to be like telling me to take it down. It's Before like, your neighbors start it, complaining. <laughs> I just put it up. <laughs> I got some young cats that live next to me and their Christmas lights are still up. <laughs> from last year? Oh, from last year. I think that's brilliant. I, I think we should start that. Just like leave them up. The world is so like in a, in a like feels like it's circling the drain. Let's just keep the Christmas lights up. It's the least we can do, Ricky. It's the least we can do. <laughs> well, man, thanks for coming. Um, I'm so excited that you said yes to come on and no thanks, but yes. Um, I wanted you uh, right away because it's really just casual conversations with folks in recovery and uh, who are thriving and having fun and, and, and sharing their recovery with others. And uh, these stories need to be told. For sure. So tell tell everybody who you are. Who am I? <laughs> Isn't that what we're in recovery to find out? <laughs> so, yeah. you know, my name is Ricky Bird. Uh, um, I've been in recovery uh, since September 25th, 1987. So I just hit uh, 25, uh, 34 years. Wow. Where did I get 25 from? 34 years. <laughs> and um, uh, I'm a rock and roll uh, lifer. I've been playing guitar since I'm nine. Uh, I'm in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, inducted with Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Uh, I've played with, uh, I mean, if you look at my Wikipedia page, I've, I've been blessed to play with like almost everybody I grew up listening to, uh, either, in, you know, either in a band or at events, you know, or something where I'm in the, the hot all-star band and I get to back up like Brian Wilson and Mavis Staples or something in one night, you know. Taking and, selfies um, with Paul McCartney. Selfies with Paul McCartney. Well, that was Boom. from the induction. I got to play with Paul that night in the wow. uh, in the uh, the big end finale. <laughs> and then what I did was um, I, I turned um, quite accidentally. Um, I was asked back in, I'll give you the short story. I was asked back around 2012 to play a show, maybe even earlier than it could have been around 2009 even, to play a show. Um, my friend Richie Super called me. So Richie lives in Florida. He's part of a, a treatment facility called Recovery Unplugged down there that, that oh, yeah. you know uses music as a, a, a healing tool, which is what I do. Um, and um, he said, we're doing a, 
an outdoor recovery concert, you know, in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, why don't you come down and play? He, he had one song at that point, uh, In the Rooms, it was called. And he, he says, I'm going to do that. You know, you could play some blues, play I Love Rock and Roll, whatever you want. So I went down there and I did it. And um, it was like 180 degrees, of course. I think it was in the summer. Uh, but the thing I loved is people would come over to me afterwards and say, wow, man, I grew up on your music. You're in recovery because I'm in recovery. Or right unfortunately, I lost somebody. Or my mom uh, is in recovery. Yeah. And I said, well, that's interesting. And so I filed it. And then I started to get asked by um, to do these. A friend of mine named Woody Giesman um, runs a, a, a place in Boston, um, uh, a treatment facility called Right Turn. And Woody was in the Del Fuegos, which was a band in the 80s. Right. So he became a counselor. And now he's like a big, you know, big wheel up there in Boston in the recovery community. And actually, Simon Kirk from Bad Company called me. Um, he's a friend of mine, but um, it sounds like I'm name dropping. No, I probably, I probably it's your am. world. That's yeah, all. it's my world. That's right. Yeah. And he said, look, I'm doing this benefit up there for Woody. Do you want to be in the band? And I'm like, yeah, cool. So like, you know. It was me, Simon Kirk, I don't know, Chad Smith from the Chili Peppers. Like, like so I wound up doing a couple of them, and then I was the MD for a couple. And we had, like, Alice Cooper, and, you know. At first, it was just playing rock and roll stuff, you know. So there was really no recovery songs. Right. But we would there to raise money for the place. Um, and uh, Ace Frehley, Alice Cooper, I mean, it just went on and on. It was every year we brought new people, Rick Derringer, like everybody. And again, the same thing happened. Like after the show, people would start, you know, you'd be talking to people and they'd be telling you, wow, that's incredible. I never knew you were in recovery and stuff like that. I've never been um, anonymous about my recovery. I've been anonymous about my ways and means. Yeah. You know, yeah, I believe in going, to, I believe in going to community support group meetings. That's what saved my life. Right on. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, um, I started, so I started doing that stuff and I loved it. I just love, oh, that's cool, man. I'm, I'm kind of mixing the worlds up. Then uh, around 2012, um, I just went through one of those patches you go through if you're in recovery long enough where like you get confused. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, I called Richie, I said, and I told him, I said, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just like bored. I'm a little this and that. He said, why don't you come down to the house and let's write a song. We wrote Broken is a Place. Uh, I came back to New York. I recorded it quick. Uh, I threw it online and I started getting messages from people around the world saying, you told my story, this mm. and that. And I went, huh, this is interesting also. <laughs> so I started writing these songs, these recovery songs, a couple of them. I had about six, seven. Then I reached out to somebody that I met on this journey where I was doing these, uh, these recovery uh, shows uh, that were based out of Florida mainly. And... Um, I reached out to a treatment facility that I, that a guy at a treatment facility I know. And I said, how about if they had like a satellite one here in New Jersey? I'm in New York, but mm. I said, what if I came with my guitar and did like a recovery music group? Uh, and I had no clue what I was talking about, but I thought it would be a good idea. He said, yeah, it's great. So I did that there for about a year and a half or two years, um, twice a week, like four groups or something like that. I went to two different places, long drives, but it was great. And, um, I kept adding more songs. Why did I keep doing it was because of the reaction I got from the client sitting in front of me. Yes. Like they were like identifying because my, my songs are not preachy. They just tell the story. 
You know, my, my, I, my job is to just lay the truth out and then you make your own decisions. Um, I would get these great reactions and afterwards they would come over to me and they'd ask me to sign stuff and I'd give them guitar picks and they said, where could I get this music? And I kept saying, I, I don't know. And I procrastinated for a while. And, and then I did this record, Clean Getaway, which came out in 2017. Oh, yeah. And this has Broken as a Place on it, right? So these are rock and roll records. So there's yeah. a couple of really beautiful acoustic songs. But, um, and, but it's all about addiction, uh, recovery, hope, hopefully inspiration. When I put the record out, I started to get uh, responses from everywhere over the world. Same right. deal. <clears throat> He told my story. I wanted to use last night. I listened to this one. I listened to uh, Lighthouse. I listened to, you know, and um, uh, it's really helping me. And I said, I think I'm onto something where I could combine my rock and roll world with recovery. And maybe this is what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Right. Okay, so that was finished. Clean Getaway 2017. You know, you work the album for about a year and, and then um, you, you start writing new songs. And I said, okay, let me try to write some rock and roll songs. But they, yet there were none. They were, it was like I, the lyrics were going in the same direction. Yep. I said, all right, we'll do one more. <laughs> I did Sobering Times, and this came out in 2020. Yeah. It came out officially in 2021, April, um, worldwide, all, you know, on all the usual suspects, iTunes, music, you know, Apple yeah. Music. And no, that stuff. album is bomb, man. I have it. Thank you. Yeah. I Come and, Back uh, Stronger is... is... Yeah. I love that song. And we did a video for I Come Back Stronger, which you could find on YouTube. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And, and um, I throw and, a little and, clip of it in right about oh, here. <laughs> for you. Life is a lesson we all live and learn every day. All the ups and the downs and the roadblocks that get in the way. Trying to find myself, I got bruised and hurt, but I survived it all, and it made me the person that I am today. Every time I fall, I come back stronger. Anyway, so uh, Sobering Times is out now. Yeah. You know, you can get it at rickybird.com. In fact, I, I put, I'm doing a big holiday sale bundle. So it's these two recovery records plus a signed photo, plus a, a clean getaway t-shirt, plus uh, some stickers and guitar picks and stuff. And um, yeah, you get both. And it's like 20 bucks for both things. And uh, wow. The, the thing is, like, if you're in recovery, like if you're struggling, you're going to definitely here's something here yes uh if you're in recovery already uh and if you're in for a long time or even a short time you're gonna it's gonna remind you why you're in recovery yeah let's talk about recovery for just a second because um not all of us agree on on what recovery is nor should we it's it's a personal experience um what does recovery mean to you i love community support groups mm -hmm. i think a fellowship of some sort 
Uh, and let's let's just make it clear. When I go into these uh, recovery music groups, the first thing I say when the, there's 70 uh, clients of all different times, some have been there two days, some there have been 28, some have been there six months. I say, I am not here to sell you on AA. I am, uh, I'm just here to tell you uh, my story and, and lay out some stuff in these songs. Um, and I say to them, whatever keeps you on the right side of the grass is fabulous. Yeah. You want to go to AA, NACA, you want to go to church, you want to go to a bowling, you join a bowling league if it keeps you sober, whatever your thing is, as long as it, if it does the trick, then you're on the right path. That's right. Now, I know what works for me. And I think the one thing, a couple of things I, I, I know is this is really difficult. And let's just put it out there. There's exceptions to every rule, right? Mm -hmm. And when you say something, there's always going to be one person that says, well, that's not what happened to me. Yeah, because there's exceptions. But um, this is really difficult to do by yourself, I, I feel. Yes. Like, that's why fellowship is really cool. What do I mean Connection by is crucial. I agree. Connection is crucial because uh, isolation is, the, uh, is like watering your addiction. <laughs> you know? It's like Absolutely. when you're alone in your head and you have no, nobody to bounce things off of, you can convince yourself that anything is the correct way to do it. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I could do this. No, I could, I could get away with it. I won't do that much. I'll just have one. I'll have a Heineken. It'll be fine. See, now, with my time now, I still make phone calls when I, to, to people in recovery. And I say, listen, I got this thing coming up. I'm a little nervous and, and this and that. Not because I don't know the answer, but I just like to run it by somebody else that's in recovery. That's wonderful. I think that's really important. And, and also... Um, uh, because you'll always find somebody that's been through something that you're going through or they're going to go through. And, and to just tie it back to the first day when I walked into my first meeting that day, September 25th, 87, it was a DA meeting, Drugs Anonymous. I don't even know if they have it anymore. East side of Manhattan, this lovely the woman who I call every year on my anniversary walked me in. I called her the night before. Nice. Uh, and and. I was, it was the hate myself. I was on the hate myself for loving you. You know, it's like around, I had like a, probably a fringe leather jacket and long, and I was the only, trust me, I was the only person that looked like that in this meeting. You know, there's some suits, there was, you know, but I was the only look rocker looking guy and it was a good size meeting. But when they started sharing, I just was like, well, that's, that's weird. <laughs> He's, that's, I, I'm thinking the same and that's what attracted me. It's like, and you always want, we all, as kids, we always want to be part of something, right? I was really yeah. shy and quiet as a kid. And, and I love being part of this thing. And I went full tilt. I went to that meeting and that was it. I, and I'm still doing the same thing all these years later. That connection uh, meets identification. It's, uh, it is definitely a cure for, for isolation and for loneliness. And we are suffering from an epidemic of despair in this country right now. And it's manifesting in so many ways, so many public health crises. We're dying from despair. So reaching out- There's a lot of miserable with, people out there. A lot of miserable. And, and, and let me tell you, talk about the last two years. Uh, what, uh, because I've been doing a lot of interviews because of this uh, record. How did you, well, what did you do in your recovery for the last year? Well, uh, for the first eight months, every day I was in front of this community, uh, computer on a 12 noon men's community support Sorry, group meeting. I don't have an answer for that. Sir, you, you talked to my Alexa. I've named I didn't you something ask, else. I didn't ask you a question, Alexa. <laughs> Hush. 
Yeah. When I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. Uh, <laughs> um, so I would sit here at noon. So somebody came on my Facebook page. And uh, once again, you know, I talk about my recovery and stuff. I actually have two separate Facebook pages. One is my recovery troubadour page and, and one is, you know, rock and roll. Recovery troubadour. And, yeah. So um, <laughs> he said, hey, man, I got this great meeting. Would you, could, would you speak there for me? I'm like, yeah. So I spoke at this 12 noon meeting a lot of time. Yeah, newcomers too, but guys were like 40, 50. This was a digital meeting, right? Yeah, yeah, Zoom. Right on. And, and I, I, I loved it. I fell in love with a couple of the guys there. And we're still, you know, we talk all the time. And for every day, for eight months, through the, or every season, mm-hmm. that helped tremendously. And yes. I, went on, I went on social media and said, look, you all know my, 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 my deal, right? Like if anybody's struggling out there, what we're going through, private message me and let's connect and we'll have a chat. That's also part of recovery, reaching out to other people. That makes that takes you out of your stuff. You know, if you're in the twelve step universe, working the steps and having them in your life, it's not supposed to be torture, man. It's supposed to, you know, it's supposed to break you down and build you back up as a different person. Yeah. See, it's like admitting stuff, getting rid of stuff, get it, taking the weight off your shoulders, blah blah blah, and then you build yourself up as this this new cat that that's part of society that wants to help people and 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 yeah over time you you take two steps back as long as you don't drink or drug you're doing fabulous i love love what you said it's not supposed to be torture and the literature support that this is this is not a veil of tears and we absolutely insist on enjoying life and I, some people want to make it a, a trudge. Some people may preach it to be a trudge, bleeding deacons, but um, I have joy in, in my recovery. So this is a great segue, man. And it's hard with, with folks like y'all, you know, I ask you, what do you do for fun? You're like, we've been talking about that for 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what, fun, do you do, what do you do for kicks, man? You know, summer in summertime, don't talk to me because I'm watching baseball like baseball. every day. Yankee baseball yeah. every day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um I grew up in the Bronx, that's Mickey Mantle. But um so that's that's you know, as far as hobbies, I love to read. I love to read biographies. Yeah. I'm in fact I'm reading Little Stevens a wonderful biography right now. Oh cool. And, and I like to read about uh ma uh, the the mob, the mafia. I like to read about old movie stars and stuff like that. I'm not a big reader of, you know, everybody writes recovery books. I, I, I haven't read many of them. It's like, I, I, I don't want to, I, this is what I do. I mean, <laughs> I would rather read about Groucho Marx and the yeah. Algonquin round table, you know, but um, that's the kind of stuff I do. And then, you know, having a, a 20 year old kid <laughs> and, a, and a family is a full-time job anyway. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And, and, and we just try to, we do everything. Um, you wake up every day. You remember when you would wake up and say, uh, you know, if I could quote Dorothy Parker, what fresh hell is this? <laughs> yeah. And then, and then now you wake up. Yeah. And, and now you wake up and you know, there's like, wow, what's going to happen today, man? Yeah. This is cool. Yeah. And then um, sometimes some days are wake, better than others, but yeah. Well, okay. I was just going to say some days you wake up and the vultures on the bedpost yeah. Going, hey man, I'm gonna make your life miserable today. Yeah. You know, and you got I, vultures. I, I described to my wife that I, I usually walk on super thick ice and everything's good to go, but occasionally the ice gets thinner and I see a Leviathan swim <laughs> underneath. Yeah, well, the guy that I 
the it's guy a that thin I ice day. Always says to me that it, it's your disease waking up before you. You know, it's okay. Hey, I, I we met uh, through Faces right. and Voices of Recovery. It That's was right. uh, I was working with them, and it was a meeting out in L.A. and and there you were. No, no, it was in uh, it was in D.C. It was in D.C. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So um, I got uh, a nice little uh, statue that night. Oh yeah, you got an award out of that for my That's for cool. my work in music and recovery. Right on. That was pretty cool. Which is strong advocacy, man. Uh, tell, telling your story, it, it raises the profile of recovery. It it reduces the stigma of addiction, and more people ask for help and try to connect. And let me tell you, you something. You do that. Music. Well, thank you. Music is a completely a healing. Um, I mean, listen. You know, you saw it. Tony Bennett stand on stage the other night with Lady Gaga and sing. If you saw, we know that he has Alzheimer's, right? So we saw his, the, in the summer, they had a special about him rehearsing for this thing. And his wife was saying, listen, you know, he f- forgets where he is. He's, you know, he's, he's got this, st- early, I don't know if it's early stages or whatever, but, you know, he's getting that way. But when he stands at the piano, he knows every word to the song. So there's a part of the brain that can remember spe- specific things like that, right? And he stood there the other night, 95 years old, with this disease, with, uh, you know, Alzheimer's. I don't know if he had a monitor or not, but he knew every word to every song that they did. They use music in hospital situations with people yeah. that are in comas. You know, they always tell the kids to bring, like, their, 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 their grandfather's favorite music or, you yeah. know. And, and it's something, it, it does something to some people. And I also found that as opposed my, like my angle is i go in there i'm this rock guy you know uh, i got my tattoos and i come in here with my acoustic guitar i'm not a suit you know not that there's anything wrong with suits but you know i come in with a different angle yeah and i and, and i'm and i'm it's a lot easier to hear the message through the vehicle of melody and lyrics than it is to somebody going and then we have to go to the thing and the, the cocaine is bad for you because this is, you know what I mean? It's like, it, it just, it, it's, it opens a window. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. It, it's like PowerPoints versus power amps. Yeah. It's, it's like, there's something about the way I, I present that I think I'm doing it well now where, where, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not preaching for sure. You know, and I, and I do this one analogy, if I may, was where I talk about, like, I always say, how many people here are done? Who's done? And everybody raises their hand. Everybody. Yeah, because they're in treatment. And they mean it, too, at the moment. Well, they're in, yeah, at the moment, because they're in treatment. So they, they're having their gift, gift of desperation <clears throat> moment, right? Yeah. And I said, yeah, 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 I know. You're in treatment. You're done. But there's a difference between being done up here and being done down here. It's two, two different dones, right? So if you're done up here... Uh, you may be grateful you're in here, this and that, and, and you, you're leaving on Friday, you know, and, um, and I'm suggesting maybe you call a, uh, uh, you know, you go to a community support group meeting, you know, when you get out, and they're like, yeah, 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 I'm going to do that. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah. And connect with people. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. Um, here's, this is down here. This, here's, what you, here's some suggestions. Um, if you know right now you're sitting here in treatment and you know you've got three bags of dope, in your t-shirt drawer, tucked between, uh, call somebody you trust at home right now and tell them to throw it down the toilet bowl. 
Yeah. See, because if your mind is telling you you'll do it when you get home, yeah, you're probably lying to yourself. Uh, that's taking proactive action. That's where you know you're kind of heading down to the done in your heart, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, you don't want to live like this anymore. I got some stuff at home. I'm not going to take care of it when I get home. I want to make a phone call. You know, yeah. get some. Also, want to be so. proactive? Ask your clinical director to, you're getting out tomorrow at four, ask your clinical director to look for you, uh, help you look for a meeting of some sort Yeah. Uh, at six. You know, bridge you that, right away. Yeah. Yeah. Pro, don't, don't <laughs> give, you gotta, the shortest time you could put between getting out of this joint and some form of fellowship, whatever it is, is the best thing you can do. Cause if you yeah. leave too much time and, and somebody triggers you in your house, see, or your friend calls you up and says, come on, man, let's go to the club. You know, nah, I just got out of treatment. No, nah, we'll have club soda. Yeah. You know, we're gonna we'll have we'll be fine. I I really can't do it. Come on, we'll stay for an hour. All right, I'll go. And I don't know about you, but when I would pull in front of a club, even when I was a kid, before I was in a famous band or anything, when I hear when the when the the parking lot was full, and the and the door opened and you heard loud music coming out, the hair on my arms would stand up. Yeah. Like oh, I feel something trouble coming. This is good, you know. Yeah, you don't want that feeling until you got some recovery in your pocket. See, right on. Uh, and then you go to the bar and you sit with your friend and you order a club soda, and everybody else is drinking Jack Daniels and vodka and fancy drinks with freaking umbrellas in them, and and people are running back and forth to the bathroom. Yeah, you know, and you're sitting there, Powder and nose. you feel like a and what do you feel like a putz, right? Drinking club soda sitting there by yourself and you just got out of treatment and and so let me get this straight what is one of the reasons we started when we were little kids one of the re many reasons might have been because you felt different yes. and you felt a little outside the box so how do you feel right now sitting at the bar with that club soda when everybody else is drinking and drugging alone and different thank you yeah man. give the man a cigar so <laughs> that's the kind of stuff i talk about in uh yeah in my recovery music groups and they're all shaking their head yeah yeah that's right yep that's me. yeah it's 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 not rocket science man no well ricky it has been a treat brother i really deeply appreciate you spending time with us today i appreciate you asking me i always love chatting about uh, recovery and rock and roll and yankees and stuff like that and i'm serious if anybody's struggling man um you know come on my facebook page and message me you know, and, you know, sometimes it takes me a little while to get back to people because uh, obviously there's a, a lot of stuff going on. I got a big, like a lot of social media stuff, but I will send you, you know, it, it, uh, in the right direction or I'll give you a couple of words of uh, suggestions or, you know, cheer you up or something. Reach out. Reach out. Reach hey, out. I hope to come up to your neck of the woods someday soon. And, and uh... wait, where are you now? I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. Oh, I, I love Raleigh. I've played there many a time. Oh, right on. Yeah. Yeah. I spent a week in Raleigh one night. <laughs> I've, I've spent a few of those weeks myself. <laughs> All right, brother. I'm going to hit it and uh, catch you later. Yeah. Thanks, man. Everybody have a wonderful holiday.